You're listening to Making Data Simple, where we make the world of data effortless, relevant, and yes, even fun. Welcome back to the Making Data Simple podcast. Many thanks to the listeners out there. I was Last week, I was at IBM Thinks conference, and I had a presentation of my own, and, and many of you came up to me to chat with me after that presentation, said you recognize the voice, uh, and uh, yeah, very humble appreciation. Uh, I appreciate everybody that, that, that's listening. So today, we're here to chat about IBM Cloud Private for Data, otherwise known as icp for d You know, at my, IBM, we've always got to have an acronym, so it's icp for d and we'll describe what that is in a moment. But let me introduce the stars of the day. I've got two guests with me today. Uh, the first guest is Madhu Kochar. I've known Madhu for a very long time. She's, she's absolutely first class. She is the Vice President of ICP for Data and Unified Governance Development. Uh, she's a peer here with Data and AI Development. And then I've also have Himanth Manda. And he's driving the offering around ICP for Data. And he's, his son is also a Chiefs fan, so that's a bonus for him on. But he's, he's formerly the director of platform offerings for IBM Data and AI, and again, namely ICP for Data. So welcome to you both. I appreciate you guys being here. Thanks, Al. So I know you both very well. Let me give you the opportunity just to introduce yourselves uh, to the larger community here. And, and Madhu, if you wouldn't mind, go ahead and go first. Thanks, Al. Yeah, like you said, uh, Madhu Kochar, I'm peer of Al, uh, lead the product development engineering for our new offering in data and AI called IBM Cloud Private for Data, in short ICP for Data. And I also lead the, the segment around unified governance and integration as well, based out of uh, San Jose, California. Terrific. Himant. Yeah, thanks, Al. Um, this is Himant Manda. I lead uh, the offering management for uh, IBM Cloud Private for Data, um, based in Dallas. And uh, as Al rightly pointed out, we we do support Chiefs, at least a part of our family. <laughs> and we appreciate that. Can you say that Kansas City has the better barbecue, though? That's the question. And that we have to debate on. All right. We'll, we'll leave that for another another day, but at least we can agree on the Chiefs. Hemant, during the playoffs, was, was texting me uh, during the Chiefs game. And unfortunately, we came up short, but uh, I guess there's always next year. Tell your son to, to hold faith. When we just we just got back from... IBM Think, like I said, uh, and I don't want to uh, turn this into too much of a, a conference discussion, but one thing I, I did have a question for you guys in that, you know, you were there for a week, you talked with many clients. What was the, what were the main thing, things that you, you came back with? I mean, what, what are, what's the community, what's the industry thinking about? Any thoughts there as we jump into this? So one of the themes which I heard, and I think it kind of resonates what Al, you know, we've been talking about this last year as well, that every business out there, every organization, every enterprise is looking to transform themselves. Either it's the journey towards digital transformation, self-service, or modernizing their stack. Um, IT budgets are getting reduced and everybody wants to get to AI. They, it's, it's, for some, it still feels like a buzzword. They just don't know how to get started or what does that mean. Um, 
and in every industry itself is so different, right? So what could be for banking could be very, very different for, for example, oil and gas. So those were some of the common themes, at least was in my conversation as I was talking with clients and business partners. What about you, Himal? Yeah, I think somewhat similar, uh, right? Uh, people are struggling with uh, how to basically embrace uh, embrace AI and start leveraging and uh, monetizing the data. Uh, but also people are looking into how to modernize uh, and try to essentially uh, embrace and adopt cloud because getting to public cloud is in nirvana for many of the industries and uh, and enterprises that we work with for a number of reasons, right? Because of the regulatory and compliance constraints they live in. Uh, so they are looking to, and they are very excited about what we are doing with uh, cloud native architectures, namely ICP and ICP for data. So that's another point that I saw resonated very well, at least in my conversations with customers. L one, L one, sorry, L one point, which I felt there was a universal consensus, so to speak, that they all believed in hybrid cloud, and the definition of that is that they all agree that there's going to be certain workloads which are always going to stay on prem behind the firewall, and indeed there are going to be uh, multiple clouds out there for their new deployments and such. So. So the, the the whole concept of hybrid cloud, I felt like, was quite um, across the board and across every industry. I agree, but what about multi-cloud, which is a little bit different? Yeah, no, that's a good point. And actually, in one of my uh, presentations, which I was doing at Pink, I did ask, I polled the audience and asked them about multi-cloud as to who got more than, you know, two. And I think about close to 70 to 80% hands went up. And, and people think multi-cloud is not just pure vendors like right, Amazon or Azure or IBM Cloud, but also you know, Salesforce is a cloud for them, Workday is a cloud for them. Uh, so definitely um, multi-cloud definition is out there. And, and that, that brings a lot more challenges, right, uh, uh, in terms of how are they going to get insights out of all this data which is residing in all these multi-clouds? Yeah, I mean, I get a sense, Al, that uh, people are not actually taking multi-cloud very seriously. They do understand it at a high level. Uh, probably system integrators are looking at it more seriously. But very soon, this is going to become a big problem, especially once you start having multiple clouds and you have to, you have to essentially manage data, manage workloads, manage applications across these multiple clouds uh, with different governance policies, with different uh, licensing arrangements. Um, it's, it's going to be a challenge, and uh, unless you have a vendor or you have a process to handle this, uh, it, it, it's, going to be, it's going to be a serious problem pretty soon. Yeah, I think where we're, we're absolutely consistent is that I think everybody's looking towards becoming a digital business and working their way across the maturity curve, as, as I often point out when I'm driving, and I'll talk to when I'm well when I'm pitching, and I'll talk to that in just about in just a minute. I think everybody is really driving the hybrid cloud uh, piece as well. The one issue that stuck out for me, or one item that stuck out for me, which I applaud, is the fact that there was a lot of uh, talk about uh, AI not being magic. And I think that's important because as clients are pushing 
you know, through that maturity curve towards ML, towards AI, I think one thing that inhibits that final, that final drive is the fact that, you know, it's hard, if you can't see what's under the covers, you don't see what's under the hood, it's hard to trust it. So that's where at IBM, I'm pretty pleased that we're driving things around explainability, around anti-bias, et cetera. So we're lifting up the hood. You can see how the decisions are being made so you can trust those decisions. I don't know if you guys caught the same thing, but I was pretty, uh, I, I thought that was a theme throughout the conference and, and I think it's, you know, it, it's, it's rightfully so. Yeah, I mean, I saw a LinkedIn post uh, and apparently this is a comment that uh, our general manager, Rob Thomas made, uh, and it goes something like this. If you see something written in Python, uh, it is probably ML, which is machine learning. And if you see something written in PowerPoint, it's probably AI. Um, it's, it's, it's probably simplifying it a little bit, but uh, the gist of it is, uh, I think we, we make uh, too much of AI. Uh, it's it's more simple than what it is. Yeah, what we're doing is is computer science here. It, it isn't magic. So I'm with you. Yeah, and, and just to that point, Al, right, um, like you said, rightfully, that AI is not a magic, right? It it The other, other team, another strong point of view we in IBM has been talking about is that there's no AI without IA, right? IA meaning information architecture, and that just, the definition of all that means is, you know, every organization, their own choices of their technology, their stack, their workloads, processes, policies, and whatever, you know, to, to make that IA. So that really then also implies uh, everything around data, right? If they know where the data is, uh, um, how, how do they collect it, how do they, how is the data organized and analyzed, I mean, that is sort of what will get them to to AI once they have figured out what their IA and, and the new modernization of that information architecture should look like. Yes, and a perfect segue as we're in the Making Data Simple podcast. So let me come back to, that was a good discussion. I want to come back to ICP for Data, IBM Cloud Private for Data, speaking of. And Madhu, you and I had a chance, an opportunity to sit down at Think, and uh, I think we were doing a video at the time talking about ICP for data. And I gave an analogy there that I thought I would repeat here. And that is, you know, we're, we're promoting what we call the journey to AI, but really it's about becoming a digital business. It's around collect, organize, analyze, and infusing AI. And I look at it like at a maturity curve from left to right. I've talked to, about it before on this podcast which is essentially data, unified governance, analytics, machine learning, and AI. And we have this objective, at least one, one of many objectives, but of making everyone a, like an ML chef. But for anybody to be a chef, you've got to have a kitchen, you've got to have recipes, you've got to have meal kits if you just decide not to, to make your own recipe. And to me, that's the best analogy that I have is that ICP for data is that kitchen, a platform, if you will, to bring everything together today. And so let me, let me pause there. Technically, Madhu, I'll start with you. Can you explain what ICP for data is? Sure. So think of, you know, like we just talked about in terms of, you know, requiring the right um, IA to get to AI. And, and how do you really make the data ready for AI? So what IBM Cloud Private for Data 
her right is a platform, so to speak, and a very, um, I would say, trusted analytic foundational platform for you to, to, to be able to access data, even move data onto the platform if needed, but be able to get to data through virtualization comes with built-in um, knowledge catalog where we can understand where the data is coming from. We can understand what is the quality of the data. We can understand the, the lineage, the usage of the data. Um, Al, to your earlier point when you were talking about the trust of the AI, right? So this is the Watson Knowledge Catalog is the core which helps you with the further traceability and explainability of your models. Um, then on ISV for Data, it helps you on the analyze phase where you have the capabilities to build models, be able to deploy models, the whole DevOps around the models, and then to top it all really to operationalize AI with the trust and the transparency as it's needed. Um, and if you open up the hood on ICP for Data, after all these uh, functions, it's it's a cloud-native platform. Um, you know, uh, orchestration is done all the, through uh, through Kubernetes, microservices architecture um, that implies a lot of application portability. You know, this kind of fills the the the, the hybrid cloud uh, world, like you build once and you run anywhere. And on top of top it all, there is. Uh, a lot of open APIs. We obviously use a lot of open source when we build this product, this platform. Um, and open APIs where it's very easy for any partner, any tech partner, or any client as to start leveraging our platform to start building solutions on top. I know I said a lot, but this is sort well, of that's, truly that's the end-to-end -end platform. Very nice. I think very, very nicely done. Hemant, let me ask you. So. We're talking about a microservices platform. Why, here, here's my question. You're the offering guy. <laughs> Why is everyone talking about microservices? What companies make use of microservices? And what are the, the, what are the benefits? What are the, and, and if, you know, if you can look at pros, what are they also, what are also some cons, if any? Yeah, so I think um, pretty much everybody is embracing microservices of late and, uh, there's a there's a valid reason for that, right? Because it makes it simple to build cloud native applications. Uh, they are portable, given that you can run it on any uh, cloud infrastructure. Uh, and more importantly, it um, gives you the flexibility to scale up and down, and it gives you uh, uh, the uh, the objective building services um, uh, in a in a in a, uh, in a structured fashion, right? So, so there are a lot of benefits that uh, containers and uh, Kubernetes provide. Um, and more importantly, uh, what, what we are seeing is that um, as folks shift to modernize their applications, uh, they, they would like to essentially embrace all these concepts that uh, containers and Kubernetes provide as a default, right? Because there's a lot of benefits that they offer uh, in terms of making sure that um, that they that, that they that they are portable, that they are uh, flexible, and that they can easily um, easily scale up and down based on the requirements. 
Now that's that's what people are excited about containers and Kubernetes. So let me ask you this, Hemant, scaling up and down. Could you define that further for those listening? What does it mean to scale up and down easily? Yeah, so think of this, right? Uh, today you might have a database and uh, you're trying to essentially address the requirements of uh, a couple of applications. And, and you know the workload, you know how many queries you're getting, and you know how much you have to scale. Um, but let's say your, your applications become very popular to more additional applications and uh, you need to quickly scale up. Uh, in a typical world, you would have to procure more hardware. You would have to obviously provision that hardware, and you have to uh, you have to make sure that your databases are deployed and configured. You have to do all these pieces, which used to take a few days, if not a few weeks, if not a few months, right? And this would impact your business. But with a cloud-native architecture with containers and Kubernetes, as long as you have the resources for your private cloud or the public cloud, um, you, all you need to do is uh, you can you can allocate more resources, and that can be done with a click of a button. So instead of waiting days and weeks and months, you can do it in a matter of seconds. So that's the beauty of uh, the cloud-native architecture, which uh, is being brought to you by containers and Kubernetes. Now, this is called IBM Cloud Private for Data. What about public cloud, Hemant? Yeah, so I think, again, um, the way we are positioning IBM Cloud Private for Data is, is this is for multi-cloud because we are built using um, containers and Kubernetes. Uh, it doesn't really matter if you lay them on a bare metal platform in your data center behind the firewall or you're putting this on any public cloud infrastructure such as um, Amazon AWS or Microsoft Azure or Google uh, GCP. Um, so it it gives the same framework, right? Um, uh, the big difference here is that this is for a dedicated uh, dedicated cloud. Uh, that is, it's not not IBM managed. Uh, this is managed by the customer. Uh, we do also support uh, IBM managed offerings on public cloud, on IBM cloud, and also on non-IBM clouds. Um, yes, that's also an option if customer wants to. But specifically, ICP for data. It's for multi-cloud, and this is customer-managed. So, Madhu, a couple of questions for you. Uh, first one, I mean, just very simply, you talk about open APIs. How open are they? In other words, if I'm a customer listening right now, or a partner, you know, how easy it is to how easy is it to hook into those those APIs, and how would I go about doing that? And then, just secondly, anything to add that. Um, you know, against what Huma, Huma just Yeah, so, so the APIs are, you know, very easy to bring on any add-ons. Uh, you know, if you look at our ICP for data experiences out there, you can get a self-tour and see how many add-ons from partners we have. So that's very easy. And the way we have internally, we have set up what we call a playground, ICP for data playground. Uh, where partners would approach us. Uh, obviously, you know, we as a team decide what, uh, what's critical for us to bring on. And once those decisions have been made, um, the clients would just come in and leverage our playground. Um, so this way, the solution end of the day to the client is, is seamless experience. And we have, uh, de depends obviously from various partners, but um, Ally has seen where within a week to perhaps a couple of weeks when, when we can get the partners up and running on, on what we what we offer through the playground and then push through the production, obviously, when all the 
quality testing and other things have been verified and the use cases uh, thoroughly tested. Um, easy to push into production after that. On the playground side, am I if, I if I'm a partner or client alike, am I able to use my own data, or do I throw dummy dummy data into the playground just to get a feel for the platform? Yeah, so you know, we it, it depends, you know, uh, on certain partners. If there is a need for isolation, very easy for us to provide that. Uh, it's still a multi-tenant, meaning within the same organization, you could have multiple users. Uh, but very isolated for for your organization or your partners, and you're free free to bring uh, your own data and and leverage from there, right? I mean, security aspect for our platform is very very critical. Very very, we take this very seriously. All right, uh, the the one question I have, you know, speaking of data, if I'm a client or a partner, you know, listening right now, that the I'm listening, I'm probably thinking, look. Um, I'd love to take advantage of a microservices architecture. Everything you're saying makes sense, but I, you guys don't get how much data I have. I cannot afford to move data. Move data moving data costs me money. I've got ETL on my systems already today. I can't afford to disrupt the business uh, that I've already got uh, established to make a move to a whole new platform. And I guess, so this question is out to him, are you, uh, Madhu? What is your response to that? How do I get started? I mean, I got the uh, the sandbox, but man, it's still cumbersome when I'm thinking about, hey, I, I I got so much data and already my existing repositories, I can't afford. I've been moving to data lakes already, and God, I God forbid if I had to do it again. Yeah, so I think it's pretty straightforward, uh, Al. We're not expecting our customers to move their data to onto our platform. They can if they want to, if they're trying to come up with something. Uh, something net new in terms of a process or an application, and if they want to store their data in a relational database or a NoSQL database, we all support all of those, right, if they want to. However, if they already have databases or data lakes or data warehouses, you can simply connect to them. We have a great new technology as part of the platform called uh, data virtualization. It's all in, uh, it's all homegrown um, uh, based on uh, a net new technology that uh, we developed in our research labs. Um, that is far more superior when compared to data federation. Uh, so we can connect to the data sources and uh, govern and analyze the data from within IBM Cloud Private for Data. Uh, so our, our uh, message is pretty straightforward. Uh, you don't need to move your data, keep the data where it is. We can connect to it and we can basically uh, start monetizing it from the platform. Yeah, that's, that's well, that's well. That just one comment, uh, and Himan mentioned this, but I want to sort of underscore it. That there are a few niche players outside, right, who claim that they can do data virtualization, but I think the, the the technology which we are providing through this platform, one of the key underscore here is that look, when you when you reach to AI, when you get to those models, as we were talking earlier, um, on the explainability and the traceability, it is going to be so critical that you are able to understand the lineage of all these virtual op, virtual objects, so to speak, right? The various joints which has been happening across the board to, to bring that um, data for you. That's, that's a key differentiator which um, not too many of our, our um, competition can, can get to. And that, that's, that's one of the differentiator from this platform perspective. As I was talking earlier about our 
uh, enterprise knowledge catalog as being a key tenant for the, of the platform. Makes sense to me. And I threw you guys a softball because I, I was hoping, Mahima, you're going to say something about virtualization, which kind of been my baby, and uh, we're pretty proud of it. I, I have a few questions, more questions. These are like what I call the lightning round for you, Madhu, and, and Hima, just to get you guys to know you personally uh, with the remaining minutes that we have. But before I do that, is there anything left around ICP for data that was left unsaid that uh, we need to make sure that the community hears? Or did we get it? I think I, I think we covered almost every aspect. I think the only thing I will make a point that we are truly continuously developing and integrating. We are very focused on innovation, and uh, just keep an eye out on this one. Right, we're uh, we are just going to be releasing very soon, end of this month, our new accelerator around uh, regulations, which will definitely definitely save lots of money to our clients and get them to be, get ready for them to be compliant. So there's a lot of new innovations coming on top of this platform. Yeah, I would just, uh, I would just second what uh, Madhu said, right? I mean, within the six or seven months that you talked about, uh, Al, we did four releases. That is unheard of uh, within IBM. Uh, so we are acting and uh, executing as a startup and we will continue to do that. We're trying to bring in more innovations into this platform. So the rate at which we are moving forward is essentially um, an exponential scale, right? So that will continue. And, and also to our listeners, if anybody would want to join our advisory console, uh, you know, we're, we're open to that and would love to get some feedback from our clients or potential customers. All right. That's good. I think we nailed it. So, look, if you don't mind, I've got a few questions for you all. Uh, this is one of our favorite things where we get to know you guys a little bit better. I'll start with um, Hemant. So, I'll, I'll ask you, and then I'll go back to Madhu. We'll go back and forth here a little bit. Hemant, um, what do you do for fun, man? I do play a little bit of basketball. At least I used to play a lot more uh, before I started off with uh, ICP for Data. Um, ICP for Data keeps me very busy. But, yeah, I do play a little bit of uh, basketball over the weekend, I um, also try to uh, take my kids uh, to a bunch of things, um, so they keep me busy as well. So that's primarily uh, what I do for fun. You made to work on that word try. Uh, I'm sure your wife doesn't doesn't appreciate try. You got to get them to those those locations. Hey, so you, you what, about, <laughs> what about you, Madhu? You live in the Bay Area. That's always sunny, right? After the flooding that uh, you know I experienced last week. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I live in a beautiful. Um, foothills here. So what I like to do for fun is to, to squeeze time for hiking. I try to do that on the weekends. Nice. Who who would you say is your number one role model today? Yeah, I have a lot of role models as well. I mean, if I would have picked pick one or two and you're putting me on a spot, I would say Steve Jobs. And uh, within IBM, I worked very closely with Rob as an EA. And um, I do consider him as a role model as well. What, what are the attributes that uh, inspire you? Uh, I think uh, there are a few attributes uh, that I like. Um, uh, one is obviously uh, trying to be market-centric as opposed to be inward-centric. And uh, secondly, ability to influence others without actually controlling them, right? It's a soft influence. Um, and, and there are a few others, but I think those are the two. All right, Madhu, what's your number one role model? So, Al, I got many role models, as Hamid was saying, right, for every aspect of our life. Um, you know, I, I have many different folks within IBM. 
and outside. But if I truly have to sit back and think generally who is that one person who inspires me the most, it was my mother. Um, and, and the reason I say that is because she was a petite 4'11 woman, firecracker, and always believed that she could do whatever her heart was set to. And as I look at her, her growing up at the, uh, you know, the years she was growing up, the, the challenges as a woman she faced and how she fought against all that, how she challenged not just herself but everybody around her to, to push out of the status quo, their comfort zone, and reach the successes. She has always been encouraging me to be the, the best version of myself, so I look up to her. Nice. You're a firecracker as well, so now I know where it comes from. So it, I know you're involved in encouraging women in the world of tech as well, right? Uh, anything that you'd say there? That's right. Oh, yes. I'm very motivated, and I think that comes from my mom. And it also comes from many women in IBM who 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 has uh, helped, helped with my path. So I do give back a lot. I am actually, I sit on IBM Asian Corporate Council. That gives me an opportunity to work, work across IBM and with women, and especially in the Bay Area, I lead the Women Charter. We do a lot of activities. I do include men in this, too. But, yes, a big champion of them. I, I mentor close to hundreds of women, and we are always looking for opportunity to give them a very safe and open platform uh, to, to bring their talents forward. Fantastic. Well, speaking from a, a guy with three daughters, um, I, I applaud that. Um, Al, you're you're one of the role models because you know <laughs> peers like you make it very easy. Make it very easy. So well, thank, thank you for that. that. Well, thank you. Hey, Emma, a couple more questions and then I'll call it quits. But um, what's the number one thing you want to learn right now? So I'm I'm always learning. Um, so I uh, I uh, do also believe in continuous learning. Um, I'm trying to learn new technologies. Um, I, I used to code a long time back. I stopped coding um, and focusing more on the business side of things. I'm trying to get back to more technical. Uh, so that's one area that I'm trying to focus on. I always wanted to learn music for a long time. I'm not good at it, uh, but I did buy a guitar recently. So hopefully I will I will get to learn it and maybe I'll embrace music. Um, so that's that's also on my to-do list. And, and, and I have a bunch of other things uh, such as get to learn new new sports uh racquetball is something that i've taken up and and i wanted to um i wanted to learn that as well um so if it's anything with me i've got a i've got a guitar and it's often um you know gathered dust uh rather than have a goal i've i've since tried to have a promise so if i promise myself i'm going to do something it's a little bit different than a, gr- a goal because goals to, for me get get pushed off for other things until i say you know i'm promised this is what's going to happen by the end of the year so hopefully you become uh, the next Eddie van halen so last question for either of you is there any kind of leadership book your favorite leadership book or any reading you know what you're reading now anything of interest because i i'd like to i like to gather this information from all my guests so then i can uh, create my list of books, my goal, my, my minimum goal of, of reading books this year is 24 books. I'm already, I'm on, I've already done two. So the question stands. I've delayed long enough. Uh, <laughs> favorite leadership book, and or any other book you'd recommend. So um, Al, yeah, the 
I'm constantly looking to learn more about, you know, good AI and all that good stuff. So I got my hands on Dan Brown's book called The Origin. I just finished that. And and it's a great read for us. It it it, it kind of looks at how do you reconcile various aspects of different religions slash God and AI together, artificial intelligence. So that was an interesting read. Wow, that would be right up my alley. I got it down. How about you, Himan? Yeah, so, I mean, I don't have uh, recommendations on books, but I do have some recommendations in terms of uh, what you read on a daily basis. Uh, there is uh, uh, a, a article called Strategy by Ben Thompson that uh, is an excellent read, and I've subscribed to it. It's $10 a month, but I would uh, definitely recommend it. I also read Wall Street Journal. Um, there is a podcast called How I Built This, uh, by Guy Raz, which I think uh, is an excellent podcast if you're interested in learning new stories around entrepreneurship. I would also strongly recommend that. So oh. it's S-T-R-A-T-E-C-H-E-R-Y. Got it. And we'll put that in the show notes as well. All right. This has been fantastic. Thank you guys so much for being here. I consider you guys friends, and, and that'll be uh, forever. <laughs> Until next time, everybody, um, I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Yep. Thank you, Al. Thanks for listening to the Making Data Simple podcast, where we make data fun. Be sure to visit ibmbigdatahub.com forward slash podcast to access the show notes and uncover even more great episodes. Remember, the views expressed here are those of the host and its guests and do not necessarily represent the views of IBM. Until next time, over and out. Out.